Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. One of my greatest friends here, my guest, my good friend, I am a raving fan of his, and I believe he is the same of mine, uh, Mr. Steve Chater. You have 
been in this room with us before. You guys always, always love him when he comes. And we're going to talk to you today. We like to talk about real estate and we like to talk about winning in real estate. And we want to talk to you a little bit today about, you know, why we love what we do and how it blesses people and how we can win together. So welcome, Steve. Good morning. I miss you, my friend. How are you? Stevie's there. I saw him pop up, but he may not remember how to unmute. He's kind of new to this platform occasionally. Darn it. Where'd he go? <laughs> you, there right, you are. That? There you are. I hear Good you morning. now. How are you? I am doing well. Yes, I didn't remember to unmute. <laughs> no worries. All these big, uh, you, you are a you you see you speak live to people so this audio platform is a little bit different than what we do in the world but hey i just wanted to uh, you know i come to these guys every week and we talk about wealth building we talk about real estate and today the topic is if you love what you do does it still feel like work and people have asked me a million times what would you do if you could do anything that you wanted if money were not an option and i always am like you know i'd be doing the exact same thing that i already do and so I just, when I, when I look at real estate um, and I look at what you've accomplished and I see that you never seem to leave this space either, even when they tell you to retire, what's your thought on that? <laughs> if you love what you um, do, does it still feel like work? Uh, you know, what's interesting is if you love what you do, what winds up happening is it uh, many times uh, becomes an obsession. Yeah. And so <clears throat> we have what, uh, I know you have, and I have as well, uh, had a work day. It went from 7 in the morning or 6 in the morning until 11 o'clock at night or later. Uh, and not because somebody told us we had to work overtime, but because we love what we do. Isn't that a blessing? I, You know, sometimes my children and my husband have to remind me to stop loving what I do so much. But I looked up the definition of work because I thought, well, you know, I guess that depends on your definition of work. Like, this doesn't feel like work to me a lot of the time, even though it is hard work. And I, I the definition of work was physical and mental effort basically focused on a task to achieve a goal. So I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, I look at investing and I look at passive income, the whole point of investing in real estate to me is to lessen the workload because if, you know, real estate and passive income give you back your time, you know, and give you, you can, you can leverage other people to do tasks, then technically I think that investing in real estate might be, might not be work. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I had to justify I, that. <laughs> Here's what I think. I think this, that when we talk about loving what we do and taking on or doing something that's work, you can you can choose to love whatever you do. Mm. It's an attitude. And, that's true. Um, and helping people, uh, helping people with real estate, with their real estate needs is an opportunity for us in real estate to help somebody achieve their goals in real estate, whether it's whether it's the house that they want to live in, or whether it's the house they no longer want to live in, or whether it's investing in real estate. In every case, it's a big goal in somebody's life, and it's an honor to be able to help them do that. Absolutely. And if, we, if we're looking at work, because I'm going to tell you, I remember one time, my job was sweeping floors. 
And while I didn't actually love what I did, I chose to make a game out of it. And when I made a game out of it, there was fun because there was competition. I was competing with myself. Um, so I think it's an attitude and it's a choice. I love that. And That's so, a great point. If, and if we don't love what we're doing, there's so many opportunities to do something different. Um, we don't have to feel trapped. And then that goes to the investing side because if we have enough passive income, and you know, we call passive income mailbox money, we call it passive income because we don't work but we receive money in the mail. Um, even as a society, our, our social security, there's so many people that, that work until they get their pension, get their social security. Well, what are those? They're passive income created based on money that they, either the time they put in or the money that they put in. So we get the so, opportunity to help people build passive income. Well, and, okay, and so is that enough that theoretical? <laughs> no, I, I love that. And I think that that's the whole reason that we that we fall in love with real estate and investing and the sales side of things. So talk to me a little bit about why did you get into real estate? What was the uh, initial change from the previous job? Why get into real estate? Well, actually, uh, I had tons and tons of previous jobs. And, um, and I was going to, uh, my plan was to go to Arizona State University so that I could get a better because at the time I was the maintenance guy in the department and and I was that was my goal to get an education so I could get a better job so I could make more money and when the curriculum requirements came um, somebody said to me you should get in real estate and I was discouraged about where I was and somebody said well here's an opportunity for you. So I literally said, really, what do you have to do? I went to school for a couple of weeks um, or a few weeks, got my real estate license, and never looked back. And that was 44 years ago. You know, it's interesting. What, what, so 44 years ago, what was it that made you say yes to getting that real estate license and moving into it? You said they presented an opportunity to you, but how was it described to you, or what was it that made you buy into it? Um, honestly, in my situation, it was that I was, I, first of all, I moved from New York to Arizona, and I loved Arizona, and did not want to go back. And so, um, and so I would be looking for pretty much any opportunity to stay in Arizona. However, I was making $6 an hour, which is weird, but I was making $6 an hour in New York when I got to Arizona at $1.65. And so, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So e economics were uh, part of the issue. And uh, I was just looking for an opportunity. And then what wound up happening was um, my second day in real estate having a license, I told somebody about it. And it was such an exciting experience. She was so excited to be moving out of her apartment, moving into her own home. And, uh, and it's like, and I helped make that happen. And that was, that, that was an adrenaline rush. 
Yeah. And so then I did it again the next week, and I did it again the next week, and uh, you I, I you fall in love with serving people. You fall in love with serving yes. people. So so you got into it and you fell in love with serving people and you you did both investing and you did both sales. Now, from my perspective, I would tell you the sales side of things can be one of the hardest jobs. Like when I am in sales mode, I'm working harder than most people that I know. When I'm in investment mode, I'm receiving passive income with so much less work and effort. Both of them oh, yeah. are in real estate sales. But I would say that you and I both agree that real estate has blessed us in uh, in providing us a, an amazing life and and providing us the opportunity to create a life by design so that we can love what we do and we can choose the people that we do it with. And we can, um, I, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but I always say create life by design. Would you Would you say that you've done a pretty good job at creating a life by design using real estate as a tool to do that? Yeah, multiple times, actually, because um, um, I did it wrong the first time, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so uh, I wound up losing it all and had to rebuild it, but it was the tool. You know, here's the other thing, too. Um, when we're talking about uh, creating financial security, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, because it's not just about wealth, it's about financial security. When I think about wealth, wealth extends to friends and family and health and all of those things. We can be wealthy with all of those things. So with financial security, um, what you want to do is you want to go to the one that's the most advantaged. So right now, Bitcoin, for example, um, people are trying to figure out how to use Bitcoin. The value's been going up and down. It's been volatile, volatile but it's really up. Congress is trying to figure out how to tax it. And uh, and even with all of the tax things that are coming on, uh, that are being proposed by the Biden administration now, they want to, let me just give you an example. They want to tax um, wealth. And so they said, well, if your stock goes up from here to here, we're going to tax that. We'll take 24%. And then on the other side of the coin, in real estate, um, since they can't go and get an appraisal on a property every every year, they even that idea has a tax advantage to it. The 1031 exchange has a tax advantage to it. If I was to buy stocks, I can't I can't find anybody that wants to rent my stocks from me, but I can find people that want to rent my real estate. Oh, you're so, going right down the path I was going to take you. So let me let's let's hit on all the reasons why we would choose investing over other so, potential options. So, that, because so the overriding answer to that is um, that laws give real estate an advantage over any other type of investment. Absolutely, that's the big, that's the big answer. So if you're going to give a an advantage out of it. That should be where you put it. Like, like right now, Congress wants to um, make an advantage for all renewable energy. So where are people putting their money? Renewable energy. Yeah, exactly. We've one of the things, so one of the advantages is real estate's tangible. You can see it, touch it, feel it, it's real. 
uh, extract it to pieces of paper. And why does it matter that it's tangible? Why should it matter to us that it's tangible and usable? Um, it's not a toy. It's one of many things. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's um, never seen real estate value go to zero. Mm, good point. But, and historically, uh, but, it's appreciated pretty consistently over the years. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, when I, when I wrote my books, we went back and we researched uh, back 40 years, and we found out that the average appreciation across the country is 4%, which is ahead of the inflation rate. Absolutely. And, hist and yeah. historically, it, it has outperformed other investment opportunities, just historically. What I love Absolutely. about real estate. But you're only talking about appreciation. That's only one standard. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm talking I want to talk a little bit about lower volatility because um what I see is like right now lower volatility just the fact that it's a tangible asset the t the fact that not everybody you're not putting your money in somebody else's hands and saying here make this decision for me. You can be in control of the calculations. You can take calculated risks based on your um comfort zone, right? And what I have always loved about real estate and what my grandmother, I watched her do for years and years, is if for some reason um, cost of living rose, like we're seeing inflation, and if for some reason that happened, there was always a bedroom to rent to increase the income or something that you could do with the property because it was tangible, because it was usable, she could always change the use, maximize the use and increase the income coming in from it. And I always thought that that was fascinating. That's the truth. And, and what, yeah, and you just mentioned the word inflation all of a sudden hitting everybody's radar looking and saying, oh, inflation's going up. See prices going up. Prices going up on everything. Um, real estate is traditionally in just above the inflation rate, so that if you own that as a tangible asset, then you're ahead of the curve typically with ownership of real estate. But interest, you know, we talked about this last time that cash is not a tool, or cash is not an asset, because mm -hmm. inflation reduces the value of your cash. But cash is a tool to acquire assets. Assets like what? Well, could be stocks, could be bonds, um, could be real estate, which is another advantage of owning real estate is if you can leverage the real estate, you don't have to pay 100 cents on a dollar or total value. You can borrow money to, to acquire it. And by the way, let somebody else pay that loan. And the beauty of leveraging other people's money is typically you're getting a mortgage on a house. And so that rate is fixed for the next 30 years. And though inflation is happening, your home is appreciating, but your mortgage payment is not. Right. And that's true in the U.S. It's not true in Canada. Ah. But, um, but it's true in the U.S. However, um, even the loans in Canada, uh, they reset, but they reset five years or 10 years. Gotcha. So gotcha. they're fixed for a period of time. Well, and then you can also adjust rents as they go up, but your mortgage payment in the United States is not typically, I mean, if you have a fixed mortgage, it's not typically going up, but your rents can in order to support 
and add cash flow. Talk to me about cash flow and why do why do these people want cash flow in their life? What does it do for them? Just having this conversation with the kids are, and they own some rental properties. They're 40, uh, 40, right around 40, 39, 40, 40. And uh, <clears throat> when they were talking about the fact that uh, they have uh, an extra $1,800 a month coming in from the three properties that they own. I love and it. And so we talk about passive income. He's a firefighter. And and he drives the truck. They say, why don't you become a fire chief? You'll make more money. He doesn't want to be a fire chief. He loves what he's doing, driving the truck, uh, influencing the other people in his station, uh, and, and, and working the fire rather than being the fire, being a fire chief. The passive income gives him the freedom to be able to say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I could make more money, but I don't want that job. I love what I'm doing right now. So then as we were talking about it, I said, well, then why don't you take, uh, do you need all the 1800 And he said, no. And so I said, well, why don't you use the tenant's money to pay off the mortgages more quickly? Just get one house and pay it all the way down. So last night they decided which house. And, uh, and so why, why is cash flow important? Well, first of all, it gives you the freedom to make choices about what you do. In your I love Not that. Not money. Uh, yeah, and back ahead. to the topic of the day, it, it gives you the ability to love what you do and not to have to choose something just for the dollars. It gives you the freedom. Exactly. That's awesome. I love that. Who, who, who wouldn't love an extra $1,800 a month? Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Up in their pocket, you know. Right, right. And they're, and it's like, and the other part of the equation was, where do we go get another one? Yeah, exactly. Let's go buy more. Free mailbox money is fun. Who doesn't want mailbox money? Yeah. So what I what I love about real estate also is just that literally by holding it, which is what your book is all about, the you know, the appreciation, you're you're increasing your net worth just by holding on to it. And I was talking to my sister over the weekend and she was saying, you know, hey, if I hold on to something, then I don't lose, right? If I hold on, it's when I sell at the bottom that I lose. So if I just buy and hold, I'm that's a smart investment. You know, I can, I can move with the market and just hang on. And I just real estate. That's why the title of the book. Yeah. Because so often people emotionally jump out when they see something that makes them scared. But if they just hold on, what happens is that if you look at the historical trend of real estate over the years, it has made most of the wealthy people wealthy. It has contributed to most of the, of the, of the wealthy people in the world. Um, and just most people are spending money on depreciating assets that as they hold them, they're losing value. But you have these these tangible assets in real estate that as you hold them, you're actually getting wealthier by not doing anything but holding on to them. And your tenant is paying right. the payment. I just that's that's pretty darn well, awesome. And going back to your previous that. question. Yeah. Going back to your previous question, why is cash flow important? 
Mm-hmm. If you have a positive cash flow, if you have money coming in, there's no there's no reason to sell. Exactly. And that goes back and that goes back to one of so uh, your your sister's aha and other people's aha is um, there's no reason to sell. In fact, uh, I say to people, there's no reason to ever sell real estate because one of the tax advantages we have is a 1031 exchange. So if one piece of real estate isn't isn't working like you you want it to anymore. So, for example, my parents bought some land down in Florida, and they thought they were going to build a house down there. Never happened. So we exchanged that land into income property. And you can do that without having the government, Uncle Sam, come in and take a chunk of the gain, take a chunk of the taxes. One of the other advantages of owning real estate. Because if you sell your stock and you made a profit on it, you have to pay tax on it this year. I my that's another thing that I watched for years and I was blessed to see is the the 1031 exchange rolling into bigger better properties rolling into more than one property being passed on to generations and creating generational wealth and generational passive income. I look at my kids and I'm so thankful that I've had the opportunity to invest while prices were where they were at um, in this state, because I look at the the scenario that my kids are in, and they're going to have to make more money to be able to invest in this particular state. Um, But one of the things that I love about real estate as well, that allows you to have some freedom is once you've paid down those mortgages, once you have some equity, if you see another opportunity come along that has a great advantage, you can leverage and pull money out of your assets in order to capitalize on that opportunity and so so often people watch opportunity pass them by and they don't get to take advantage because they don't have the means to do so but because of the way real estate appreciates and because as your renters pay your properties down you have this equity it's kind of like having a savings account that you can capitalize on opportunities when they come about and i think that that's a pretty uh, magical tool well you're right and and there's two reasons why people don't take advantage of the opportunities. Number one, they may not have the resources to do it, and that totally makes sense. <clears throat> the other, um, the other example is they may be thinking too small. So I was teaching um, real estate investing in Las Vegas last week, and I had a guy. And one of the things I said was equity is dead. And I had a guy come up to me after the class, and he said, "I need to understand what you mean about equity is dead." Because I have $300,000 worth of equity in this property, and I thought it was a good thing to have equity. And so I asked him a question. I said, so what if your equity went up by $100? Does it, what, what, do you, what do you get out of it? Did your equity grow? Yes, it went up by $100. Does it matter that you have equity? Because your equity didn't go up. Your property value went up. So mm-hmm. even if property value. So anyway, long story short, um, the way he was looking at it was he thought his equity, because he was in his 30s, and he thought equity was the most important thing. And I said, well, your equity, you could be reinvesting your equity because that property value is going to go up whether you have equity in it or not. Mm -hmm. Taking that equity and using it, putting it into another property. Um, So my point is, 
sometimes people don't take advantage of opportunities because they're not thinking right about what they already own. And they're valuing something like the cash they have in the bank. They overvalue the cash in the bank because it makes them feel good. They overvalue the equity that they have because it makes them feel good when they could be using both as a tool to acquire more. Yes, you and I have had this conversation several times because I am a person who loves security and I love to know that my house is paid for, my things are paid for, I don't. And so I have this game in my head that I only will leverage money on things that make me more money. (laughs) But yeah, I get it. The mentality of that security, if it's sitting there for me, but you're absolutely right. It should be out there making more for you. But you know what? So let's go back to that because you're in a business where you're not limited on how much money you can make. Mm-hmm. Nobody told, nobody said, Kristen, here's your salary. This is what you're going to make, and we'll give you a 3% raise next year. You can make as much as you want, depending mm-hmm. on how hard you work and how well you serve. <clears throat> not everybody's in that situation. So having equity in their house may be their only option. While it provides you security, their security might be using the equity in their house in order to acquire more assets so that they can accelerate their growth. Nothing wrong with either one. The question is, um, yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with either way of looking at things. The question is, how well is it working for you in order to achieve your goal? that you're in most definitely. And I think the point in both of those is that whether you're in a sales role making commission or whether you're in a um, salary paid job where your you know, income is more fixed, that either way you can use real estate as an ability or as a tool um, to create that passive income and to grow um, your opportunities through that cash flow. One of the things, and I'll kind of leave it on this because we only have a few more minutes, but One of the things that I think of when I tie this all back to if you love what you do, will it still feel like work, is how much real estate supports the community and those you love. In my experience with real estate, I have been able to provide housing to several friends. I have been able to provide housing to my mother for years. I have been able to provide affordable housing to people I've never met in my life. And I've been able to even do things like freeze their rents while they go through cancer treatments and make sure that like the mobile home park that we own, um, I have the ability to control the safety of that environment for the people in that community. And oftentimes low income housing can feel like it's in an unsafe neighborhood, but as a, as a, a landlord and being an owner of that property, I have the ability to enforce rules and to um, do things to protect and keep the neighborhood safe, which I love being able to do that through uh, through having the investment that I can contribute to the community and provide them a safe place to live, a roof over their head that doesn't have to cost them too much. And, and the fact that I can provide jobs to people, like the guy who has to go out and plow the snow when, you know, when there's snow in the driveway and people need to get out to get to work, all of those are opportunities for me to invest in the community and to provide back to the community. So let's wrap up with just a last minute thought on, on maybe a way that you have 
been able to provide to the community through something that you did in real estate? Um, frankly, all of the above. <clears throat> and in addition to that, I don't know if his uh, audio went out. Can you guys still hear him? I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I had a phone call coming in. It was messing up the speaker. So, oh, sorry. Um, uh, so I've been able <laughs> properties in St. Louis, and <laughs> um, and we're rehabbing everything so that they're habitable. These are uninhabitable properties that we're making habitable. That's awesome. And there's such a need for affordable housing and putting people in a safe space. And I think the reason that that resonates with me is just being a kid and being in those type of situations. Thank the landlords who kept me in a safe location so that I could grow up and be a, be a kid. Um, our time is up already. I could talk to you for hours, but we have the social media show that goes on right after me, after this call um, in a different room. And so I am going to check with Nate. Are you here or Marcus? Are you guys open in the room? Yeah, I was just about to open it. That was perfect timing. I'm opening it in five seconds. It's yep, and I showed the link we're... up at the top there, Nate. So awesome. We're, so we're talking about the secret to being courageous. What does it take to step out with courage and, uh, and get past your fears and get results in your life and your business? So Marcus awesome. Black and Ashley Faye are going to start it off. And then uh, we got another hour planned. So thanks. Uh, you guys go ahead and take your time, wrap it up. But we'll be over there hanging out. Awesome. So they're going to open the social media room for you guys if you want to pop on over in there. And Steve, I miss you so much, my friend. I miss our conversations. I love just the coffee talk of learning and growing from you. And it reminds me and it takes me back to Donna's conversation about rising together when we love who we work with and we love those that we collaborate with and we win together. That's what makes yep. our jobs fun and not feel like work. Well, you're part of my community going back to that conversation. So, yes, no, I've absolutely. Well, and I love that I can call you at like eight o'clock at night and say, hey, come have coffee and chat with me about uh, about how and why you love real estate so much and how that affects you know, us, our community. So thank you so much for taking your morning to join us. You guys, if you keep an eye open for the social media room just over the way, those guys are going to pour into you. Pop on over there. As for us in this room, I will shut it down. I will wish you a blessed week. Thank you guys for joining us. If you have any questions for Steve, Steve, how can they find you? Can they message you here on the app? Um, they can message me on the app. Um, yeah, that would work out just fine. And I'll just Perfect. stay right here. Perfect. So if you have a question for Steve, Steve has an amazing book called Hold that was a part of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent series that you've heard so much about. And he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to buying and holding real estate and just, you know, understanding how to get that cash flow going, how to how to just build that real estate portfolio such that you can bless the people in your community and love what you do. So thank you, Steve. Thank you, know you everyone. Say, yes. Yep. Not just about real estate, it's about freedom in life. Yeah, absolutely. It's about living an abundant life. It is. And when you get the freedom to make choices because you have the income to do so, 
um, it does make work not feel so much like work. It makes it feel like fun and getting to do it alongside those you love is such a blessing. So, all right, y'all, yep. I'm going to shut this room down, have an absolute amazing day and jump on over into the social media show and they will take it from there. Have a great day, you guys. Bye. It's funny because I'm like an actual singer, but Ashley Faye typically holds down the vocals, the ones and twos. She actually wants to make a song for Embrace Your Ambition, so a uh, music video. So I guess that's what we're doing. So stay tuned for that. This is super true. <laughs> I love singing, okay? And Marcus says that the, what is it called? The studio can make me sound great. So like I'm legit. We're making a song. This is going to happen. And I have a new bucket list item. It is to rap with Ashley Faye on a stage and in a new video. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes, please. Oh, I'll buy that. Oh, see, can you see? Sing it. Sing it. You know what's so, so cute is that Kennedy walks around singing, Mom Spaghetti. Mom spaghetti, and that's like the only part that she knows. But it is the cutest thing. All three of my girls are trying to learn the lyrics to the Fate Mile song that I always rap on stage. And Kennedy's like, Mom spaghetti, Mom spaghetti. It's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Yo, we got people from Chicago. Shot Town. Shot Town in the house. Michael, what's up? What's up? Shot Town, what's up? It's uh, it's freezing down here. For sure. And I am, guys, my name is Nate Forrest. I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and this time tomorrow morning, I will be back in the sunny state of, uh, well, the sunny city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Can't wait to get out of the, the chilly, the chilly Tennessee air and get back out to Nevada. But uh, welcome to the social media show, guys. We're going to get started here in just a few seconds. We don't need to wait any longer. Mondays have always been Mindset and Motivation Monday. And today, Ashley Faye Brandstetter and Marcus Black are going to be talking about the secrets of courageous impact. And then I'm going to jump in and uh, get some shares from you guys. And we're going to talk about uh, how to have a servant's heart. Who do you serve? And just talk about the importance of serving others. So stay tuned. If you have to jump out and make some pancakes or, or uh, take a jog around the block or something, of course, you can listen in while you do that. But just notice that the replay is on. You can always jump back on our profiles and listen to the Listen to your favorite segments. If you don't like something that one of the speakers is spitting out, you can fast forward when you watch the replays. You can hit that little fast forward button. Probably shouldn't tell you this because now everybody's going to abuse that button, especially right now. If you're listening to the replay right now, don't.
Oh, hit that replay button. If you're listening to the replay, don't do it. I got I got something important I'm about to say. No, <laughs> but uh, no, you can fast forward through people's uh, uh, to get to the next speaker on the replay, which is really cool. So before we get started, guys, welcome to the social media show. We are part of the Breakfast with Champions Club. Make sure you're following that little greenhouse up there. And uh, and in a minute, I'm going to pin a link that, uh, you know, for Ashley and Marcus, the shows exactly what they're doing with Embrace Your Ambition. So welcome. It's Monday. It's November. The something something. I think it's the 15th. Yes, it is. And uh, we're going to get started here in a second. But guys, I want you to do me a favor. We are building out a Web page. It's uh, it's, it's socialaudioclips.com. If you hear something impactful, if you hear something, Marcus Black, Ashley Faye, uh, Glenn Lundy, whoever in here in the Breakfast with Champions Club, I want you to save that 30 seconds, 30 second clip. I want you to uh, shoot me a DM and say, I have a few clips and uh, we're, we're putting together this project. We're building out the website. We're designing it to make it look good. And we want to build up a page, the largest uh, clips library so that the rest of the world can hear the impact that you get to hear here on the social media show and in Breakfast with Champions Club and in any room in Clubhouse. We don't want a bunch of nonsense. We don't want just any old clips, but we want to put together a Rolodex of some of the most impactful stuff that people are sharing. So if you hear Marcus or Ashley share something here in a minute, share that clip. Uh, I would love for you guys to share with me one or two, three clips a day, and we will build a page, not only a main page where you can make it on the main page if you share us a powerful clip, but we're also going to build a page for you with, with only your clips, and you can share that page with your audience. So Shoot me a DM and say clips if you have a clip for me, and I'm in the process of uh, putting together, even though it only takes a couple of minutes to do, I haven't done it yet, I'm going to put together a Gmail account, and uh, my friend Mac McHale, is help Mac McHale is helping me with this project, and we are going to uh, have a Gmail account where you can send your clips, and uh, we will build out this page. So, with that said, what else? Marcus, Ashley, do we have any announcement before we get started? Am I missing anything? I don't think you're missing a singular thing, kind sir. We ready. All right, let me, uh, y'all get started, guys. If you're not, if you don't know Marcus Black, Ashley Faye Branstetter, pay attention, get a pen and paper. And one more thing before we get started. Like I said, we're a part of the Breakfast with Champions Club. So whether you're listening live or listening to the replay, you can find all that we're doing in these social media streets over at thebreakfastwithchampions.live. We are live each day in the Breakfast with Champions uh, Millionaire Breakfast Club room, the main room from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are live, uh, that's Monday through Friday. Saturday, we are live 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and the Club 111 worship service on Sunday. And then we do the social media show, which you're listening to right now, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday, as well as pop-up rooms throughout the afternoon and evening to talk about trending topics, and just to connect with you guys, breaking news, when Facebook decides they're going to change their name again, we'll be the first to pop up the room and talk about it. You know, when Marcus Black, you know, when he f finds out, you know, when he says he's moving to Las Vegas, we're going to have a pop-up room and, 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 and makes that announcement when Marcus is moving to Las Vegas with Nate Forrest. Whatever the trending news is, whatever the breaking news is, we'll have a pop-up room and talk about it. So we're also building incredible offerings to take you into the future of social audio that give you a seat at the table to build out courses, events, and of course the champion circle. But you're going to want to go to breakfastwithchampions.live to, to, you know, to be aware of everything we're doing with Breakfast with Champions. So with that said, I'm going to pass the mic. And as I do, Marcus, Ashley, I'm going to pop up eyambition.com right here at the top. You guys take over the mic. I'll shut up. I can't wait. I'm taking notes. Let's rock it.
Let's rock. Let's roll. It's Monday, and I hope you guys are ready and, and expectant for an incredible time, man. We got some things prepared for you that we want to impart upon you, that we want to pour into you. If you have not already, you want to make sure that you invite your friends so that they have a seat at the table so that they don't miss anything that we are about to drop down on you guys at this moment. So as Nate said, my name is Marcus Black. I am one half of the official Embrace Your Ambition team. If you don't know what that is, you're going to learn today. And I would like the other half to introduce herself. What up, family? What's up, y'all? I am Ashley Faye. I'm the other half. <laughs> Why do I look so small in your picture, Marcus? I look like a teeny tiny thing in your picture. But we're excited. We we were just together this past weekend. If you didn't see our post, we're doing something really awesome, really big. And so we're excited to be here. I'm sad Marcus isn't right next to me. But on Friday, he was. And that was the last day of our unleashing hope challenge which was this free five-day challenge we put on for people just because we want to serve we want to be people that make an impact we want to be people that change people's lives and help them to have breakthroughs and so on friday we were together and we got to do that last part of the challenge in the same place and it was awesome and so we kind of want to talk about it today go into what we spoke about on friday which was all about mindset so the Unleashing Hope Challenge was this five-day challenge, and it was hope equals vision plus plan plus courage. And so Friday was all about courage. We had a lot of business owners in that room, and we told them, you know, that if you don't have the right mindset, you're going to get in your own way because business is actually 90% mindset and only 10% strategy. You can learn all the strategic things about business right? And put them in play. But you've got to have some mindset. You've got to have that growth mentality that gets you to where you want to go. Often the our own worst enemy is the voice inside of our head, right? So, so many times, especially as women, maybe men too, but I always talk from a women's perspective, you know, um, it's the voice inside my head. And I'm my biggest problem because I'm constantly overthinking. I tend to self-sabotage and I tend to miss out on big opportunities because of that. But we were commanded to be strong and courageous. So that's what we want to talk about today is courage. So Marcus Black, you want to give them a rundown of what courage is? For sure. So listen, <laughs> so many times we, we go through life and we don't really understand what courage is. And we feel like, man, I just don't even know what that means. I don't know how to step into this thing, this greatness that I have inside of me. And we allow this four-letter word. Oh, that four-letter F word. You know the one I'm talking about. No, not that one, you potty mouth. The other one. <laughs> fear. We allow fear to control us. We allow fear to dictate the life that we can live. We have a business. We have a plan. Some of us, maybe we don't have a business. We work, we're at work right now. You're at work and you're listening to this teaching, dream business, dreaming of just taking a risk, dreaming of taking a step, dreaming of stepping into something greater. Yet you feel like, but what if I can't do that because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of all the things. And what we wanted to start you off with is understanding how impactful courage is because courage is the secret sauce. <laughs> And when you understand 
that courage is literally not the absence of fear, then you realize how to actually take courage in your own life and the things you need to accomplish. So when I say courage is not the absence of fear, what courage actually is, is showing up in spite of the fear. Courage is showing up in the face of the fears that you have and doing it anyway, doing it afraid. When you do it afraid, then crazy things happen in your life. And I know this is something that we both lived. Like one of our biggest things that we want to set the world on fire with is to take action. We want the world to take their ideas and take action. But it's like, well, but how did you guys do that? (laughs) How did you build such big things? How do you accomplish your goals and your dreams? We've both had moments here recently in like the recent history where we've literally been living our dreams. And so many people ask the question, how? How do you get to that place? And Ashley Faye said it best. I took the steps. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, girl, you better tell him. I, I took the steps without allowing fear to stop us, without allowing fear to be the thing that sits over the top of our head and holds us back from greatness. Sometimes we hold ourselves back from greatness, self-sabotaging, like Ashley Faye said, because we are afraid. And we want to talk to you today. The first part, <laughs> one of the first secrets, is all about overcoming fear. Yo, whenever, I will never forget this. I wish Princeton was in this room one day, or today. (laughs) But one day, we were on, I think it was Breakfast of Champions in the main room, and he said something about, he said, you can't, not everyone feels like they're confident like Ashley. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold up now. Y'all, if you know my past, then you know that I went through a very dark place where I was very insecure, and I had zero confidence, right? But I've taken steps to fix that but even in the moment that he said that I thought it's not that it was confidence that got me here it was courage that got me here it was relying on what I like to call godfidence and knowing that fear is normal like it's okay to be afraid because at every level of your business every level at your life you're facing these brand new things right so this is a normal feeling because you're trying something new So that's the key is to realize it's normal. Feel the fear, embrace it, and do it scared. Because I remember so many times when I was afraid, even when I very first started Ashley Faye Designs and going live, right? That freaked me out. I thought, I'm not a confident person. But something in me thought, but I need to do this for my family and I'm going to take the step, right? And taking that step and pushing past that fear and conquering it, I felt so dang good, y'all. It felt so good that I wanted to keep doing it. So now, literally, if something, like, scares me, then I probably need to go that route. It probably is makes me fearful because I'm passionate about it, and I want it. And so I start getting in my head a little bit of what happens if I don't get it, what happens if I fail, all of the things we're going to talk about today. But I have this rule with Ashley Faye Designs, right, and how I live my life. Like, this is for real. (laughs) I wrote my vision, which is also something we did in the Unleashing Hope. So I wrote my vision, which is two to three down the road, two, three years down the road. I can't even talk. I get so excited about this stuff. Uh, (laughs) And that's where I want to be. That's who I want to be, right? And so when an opportunity presents itself, If it aligns with the vision, I say yes as quickly as I can before I allow the fear to paralyze me, before I allow the self-doubts and the self-sabotage to start controlling me. 
if it aligns with the vision, I say yes. And I don't give it another thought, right? And so when the opportunity comes around, of course, I'm afraid, but I'm already locked in. Like, that's it. I've got to get up on that stage, right? <laughs> I have to get on that stage with Trent Shelton. That happened, even though I was freaking out in the back, right? So it's okay to be afraid. But a lot of people, they let fear paralyze them. And y'all, we've only been born with two fears, which is fear of falling and fear of loud noises. Every other fear you have is learned. The great news here is that it can be unlearned because that's what faith is. Faith is the process of unlearning all of those fears that we have been taught over the years. And so I get a few, I'm gonna run through some that like I get a lot as in Ashley Faye Designs. It, it, when people wanna start Ashley Faye Designs or even with Embrace Your Ambition, we have people starting our challenges and our programs and all of those. We tend to get the same, the same fears from people. The first one is what will people think? This is tough, y'all. I was a people pleaser for a long time. <laughs> I think it stems from just wanting people to like me, wanting people to, to understand me, right? And so I've been there. I'm a, I was a people pleaser. But listen, you can't be everyone's Chick-fil-A sauce. That took me a really long time to learn. And it's the truth. You just can't. There's some people you cannot make happy, right? And so I talk to people about this. I'm like, well, are those people going to pay your bills? Are those people taking your babies to Disney World? Their opinions are none of your business. Whatever they think about you, it doesn't matter, right? Because listen, they're going to talk about you no matter what you do. They're going to talk. But they're also going to envy you because you are brave enough to push through and go for your dreams. Let me keep going. Mark's about to keep going. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. Hey, I was like, hey, I was, you was getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I was like, he might want to add, you know, the other day when we were doing the Unleashing Hope Challenge, I was just like going and going and going because I accidentally closed out and I couldn't see Marcus's face anymore. So I was like, oh yeah, there's another person with me. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, so. so I don't want to do that again. I'm trying to give you your space, man. Thank you. I appreciate you for thinking of me. So <laughs> when you think about the fears of not being enough, right? And that's just one that people say, like, what if I'm not enough? This is a question we got Friday on the live. What if I can't live up to the expectations people have of me? And you just spoke to the idea of people pleasing. So first of all, you got to realize, like she said, number one, they didn't give you your purpose and they can't take it away. We have to stop living for them and they. You got to stop living for other people's approval because that is a recipe for overwhelm. That is a recipe for you falling. That is a recipe for you becoming overcome by the pressures that others will put upon you. Once you realize what you want most, you got to realize that, listen, life is fragile. And I was young when I realized just how life, how fragile life really is. After losing one of my very best friends in this life and almost losing my own, I realized that it's fragile. And that was the moment that I had this wake up call. That I can't live my life for disapproval or for other people to be happy with the decisions I'm making. People won't always be happy with the decisions. We had a very real moment as we were teaching this because all the people were like, but what if? What if I lose people along the way? What if people that I really want to cheer for me and support me don't? And, the, and my response to that question is, they won't. 
not everybody anyway. So you got to stop expecting everybody to love what you're doing. You got to stop seeking this external validation and approval because it doesn't come from those people. Yeah, that's nice. That's icing on the cake, though. If somebody pats you on the back and believes in your heart and believes in your vision and believes in the things you're doing, that's great. But you don't need that. Because your purpose that you serve is bigger than any one person. The purpose that you serve is bigger than you. It's bigger. The bigger picture is when you don't allow fear to control your life and you step in courageously in your life, you transform things, not only for you, but for everyone around you. And that's how we change the world. Because I always hear it said, evil prevails when good people do nothing. When you sit back idly on your goals and your dreams, when you allow those fears of these very things we're talking about to hold you back, to make you play small, to make you sit in a corner and cower, to make you look at everybody else, how they're so much better and what you don't have, focusing on that instead of focusing on what you do have, that is how you lose. And you cost somebody else the very lifeline they need. Because at the end of the day, you and your story are the blueprint to somebody else's freedom. Your gift, your passion, your life, and your experiences, your business, your idea, your dream is a literal manual that's going to lead someone else to freedom. Stop playing small and don't allow these fears to control you. Ashley Faye. I feel like this is a, a good time for my quote that I use all the time that you guys can probably all guess. <laughs> the dream isn't about them. The dream's not even about you. The dream is about what God made you to do. It's about your purpose. And so when you have those people who don't believe in you, you you've got to let that go. We can't be people pleasers because we're on this earth for a purpose, on a mission that God placed us here for, that he has made us for. And we've got to push through, right? And often the people who aren't understanding this are the people that is that are close to us. And so that's hard. That's really a tough situation. But it's not that they don't care. It's just that they want what is safe for you, right? Because this is risky. Stepping out on faith stepping out on a limb, right? It's a risky thing. And so they just want you to be safe. They want what is safest for you. But if you push past that, push past the haters and the opposition and, and people wanting what's safe for you and, and go for it, you're going to create a ripple effect, just like Marcus said. And you're going to allow other people to dream really big. And you're going to help other people to push past their fears. I'm all about the ripple effect. I think that's really important. I want to leave a legacy in my kids to know that like fear is just a feeling that, you know, isn't given from God, right? He commanded us to be strong and courageous and they can push past that and do whatever it is that they want to do. And so can you guys, right? Another one I get a lot is what if I fail? I'm like the bubble burster here. Cause I say, Oh, you're, you're going to, at some point <laughs> you're going to, but that's okay. That's okay. Because Everyone has setbacks. Everyone fails a little, right? Failing is how we learn. That does not make you a failure. I cannot tell you guys how many times I have messed up with my businesses, right? It's a normal thing. So I get up and I keep going. That's why I'm really big. If you've seen me on Ashley Faye Designs, I share when I fall. 
I absolutely do. Because I think it's important that you see that side of it. It is not this perfect road up to the top of the mountain kind of journey with entrepreneurship. There are valleys and setbacks and tough times and failing. But it's all about how we get back up because the road to success and failure, they're the same road. Failing is just an event. It does not define you. It is not who you are. You are not a failure for failing. And the only difference between the people who have succeeded up that up to the top of the mountain, up where you want to be, is that they didn't stop when they had a setback. I read something the other day, and it hit me so hard, and I wish I could remember all of it. I probably wrote it down somewhere because I write everything down, but I don't know where it's at. But um, it was basically saying that, what if that mess you're in, what if that setback you're in, what if that failing position that you're in right now, what you think is failing was actually God setting it up for you? What if he wants you to go through that because he has something for you that is so much bigger and he needs you to learn? He needs you to grow. He needs you to trust in him, right? And I was like, man, that's so good. So often we're trying to push past these, these little failings or setbacks as quickly as we can and we're missing the learning we're missing the growing we're missing the trust we're missing the having to have faith to get out of it and so sometimes those things are god-given those messes is where he wants you because that's how you grow that's how you fall into him and trust and believe and so don't hate those moments understand that it's learning i promise every time i failed i thought well, this stinks. And listen, before Ashley Faye Designs, I had other small businesses. And when I failed, I quit. It took me a long time to get to this point to understand that when I fail, that's just the setup for me to go bigger and better and further because I'm going to learn and grow and I'm going to rely on my God. Right? And so don't hate them. Embrace the suck for a little bit and understand the growth and the learning and the trust that you are gaining in those moments. Boom. That's all I got to say to that. She's mic drop moment. Let it breathe. All right. So I want to rewind to something you said that really stands out. Failing does not make you a failure. Failing does not make you a failure. We always talk about these quotes and all so many quotes about failure and people letting you know that like it's because of the failures is why I succeed because of the tools that you're putting in your tool belt along the way, the resources and the knowledge and the know-how and the adjustments, if you're willing to make them, failing is how you become good. If you literally in this room, there was a couple of weeks ago, Nate brought in an incredible human being, Matt Rogers, to come in and speak. And Nate said, how is it that you can get to the point of confidence where you can speak on a PA in front of all these thousands of people and get so good at your job? He said, it's because I was willing to fail and fail publicly. His very first game, he announced the wrong quarterback in front of north of 60,000 people. That's probably not a good mistake you want to make. But he said, that made me get back in my bag. That made me start to practice. That made me start to show up. And that made me start to develop myself and my gift and my craft and to step more into it. So you got to not be afraid to have those failures. And he said, fail publicly. Because that is something that we don't want to do. We don't want to deal with the what they're saying, the naysaying. We don't want to deal with the, the whispers or the murmurs. 
but it's something about that that spurs you because it gives you an accountability and, it, and especially if you do it in front of the right audience of people who support you they're not going to tear you down they're just going to help you improve so we really hammer in on that one because it's so important for you to understand as you're shooting like i use sports analogies a lot and we talk about michael jordan talks about all the shots he missed kobe bryant was another one he talked about all the shots they missed in their life everybody talks about the shots they made but we talk about the ones they missed but here's where they became the greatest they didn't allow the shots they missed to cause them to throw in the towel. And somebody here today may be missing shots. Maybe your business plan didn't pan out the way you wanted to. Maybe you put yourself out there, you created a new social media idea, a new account that you wanted to use to leverage, to change the world. Things didn't go how you wanted. You didn't get the exposure you wanted. You paid money, you invested resources, and things didn't pan out the way you wanted to. You don't allow... You don't allow those setbacks to cause you to feel like you should throw in the towel and that you should give up and that you should let go. Instead, just like these champions and these great warriors that we read about, you stay in the game. That's a message for somebody today. Stay in the game. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up hope. Because if you're willing to keep going and you don't get tired and doing good, your due season is coming. And I believe that with my whole heart. And I know as we're talking about this, if you just joined in, we're talking about things right now that these big major fears that cause people to not take courage and or these fears that drive people's life. The first one was what do people think? What, what are people going to think? Second one that we just covered was what if I fail? The third one is one of my personal favorites. Woo! And that excuse is, but what if the market is too saturated? What if there's too many people that want to do what I do? Why would the world need my voice? That's a question I asked in the beginning of my journey. Why would I try to be a motivational speaker? There's so many of those. Why would I want to write a book? There's so many books for people to choose from. Why would I start a podcast? Everybody has a podcast now. Why would I do these things? These are the questions I was asking myself. I was discounting myself and disqualifying myself before we ever got started. And something tells me at least two of y'all in this room today are doing the same. What if it's too many people doing it? And you can say that all day and you can think about that. And in reality, there are a lot of people doing what you want to do. But number one, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. And it ain't a single one of them that shares your life experience and your expertise and your passion. No, not one. There might be some that share your story and your life experience, but they don't share your expertise or they don't share your passion. There might be some that share your passion and want to do the same thing, but they don't share your story. You are 100% uniquely you, and the world needs you because there are people that can only identify with you that will never identify or resonate with my message. Even me and Ashley Face, you're always talking about the women. Why? Because she's a woman. And she has this perspective that I don't have. I can influence and inspire and motivate and impact women, but there's a different level that she can go to, obviously, because she lives the life as a woman. And there are things that I can speak to with men that she can't. And so we cover all the bases together because of the uniquely, the way we're uniquely positioned to speak to different audiences. So instead of start instead of looking at where you are maybe doing what everybody else is doing find out your unique position 
And you figure out what your unique position is, which is like the part where your story and your passion collide and your expertise and your experience. When all of that collides, you create a beautiful porridge of a system or a business or a solution to someone's problem and you stop discounting yourself. Ooh, man, you can make some noise in this world. Ashley Faye, what you got to say about that? This one's hard. First of all, I've I've thought many times I'm not Rachel Hollis. I'm not Jennifer Allwood, right? Why would they need Ashley Faye? <laughs> and so those are thoughts that we have, and that's okay, right? Because the market, like you said, there's a lot of speakers, right? And that's what we want to do, though, because I know this is that God gave me unique gifts and unique talents and, and unique opportunities and a unique past that still makes me different, right? And so when I get with my shopping network, more boutiques coming on, I get this a lot. The market is saturated. Oh, well, that must mean it's working, you guys. Because why would people be in the market if they weren't making money from it, if it wasn't making a living for them? So it must be a good market. But also, if God is telling you to do this and this is what you're supposed to do, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how many people are doing it because God gave the passion to you, and it's your responsibility to use it. I always give my girls the um, the example of a bread aisle. If you go down the bread aisle at Walmart, how many different brands or types of bread is there? Tons. I couldn't even guess. <laughs> the whole aisle, right? So do you always pick the same one? I do. I always pick the same one. Why is that? It's because I know, like, and trust that brand. And so people buy from and work with people that they know, like, and trust. They're not buying products, you guys. If you thought that the people were, were watching live sales on Ashley Faye Designs just to get a nice product, that is not the case. They buy from the ones that they know, like, and trust. They buy from the ones they connect to, the story they connect with. People that like me aren't going to like someone else and vice versa. And so you have to find your space in that market, even if it is saturated. If you are who you are, you take your personality, turn it up to 100%, and the people that love you will buy from you, and the people that don't can move on. And that is it. And so maybe the market is saturated, but you are unique. You are. And you might not think so. <laughs> I didn't think so for a very long time. It took... You know, I even told Marcus, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. There's all these great speakers out there. And then I started to realize, yeah, but I'm still different. I'm still Ashley. I've been through things and I rap on stage. It's a thing. Um, and I'm constantly goofing off and that's okay. Some people are going to love it. Some people aren't, but you've got to find just kind of your uniqueness, share your story. That's the best way to push through a saturated market. You guys is to let people know you. Because again, people buy people, not products or services. They buy from who they know, like, and trust. Boom, yo, that was so good. And you know, we alluded to this before, cause what do we do? We all play that game. Let's not act like we don't. Well, I'm not, I'm not. I did that in the beginning of my journey too. I remember I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be. I'm like, man, why does the world need me? I'm not Tony Robbins. Who do I think I am? I'm not Les Brown. I'm not Trent Shelton. I'm not Eric Thomas. I'm looking around. I'm not John Maxwell. I'm not these people. And that's true. And if you're looking around at all the people who are doing what you want to do and saying, I'm not them, you are 100% correct. But here's something that you're discounting. And what you need to understand is, yeah, you ain't them, but they ain't you. 
And that's what I tell Ashley Faye every time she starts naming all these rock star women. And don't get me wrong, they are rock stars, and they crushing it. And I will never take a singular thing away from them. But she's crushing it, too, and we can all crush it because it's going to take every single one of us to step into our greatness. It's going to take every single one of us locking arms, working together for something bigger than ourselves to transform the world and to heal a hurting, broken, deep, dark world. So hopefully you're hearing this. And it's resonating in your heart and your soul. What you're feeling deep down inside of you is that it's your time. It's time for you to stop allowing these fears and these limiting beliefs to hold you back, man. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on to go for the dream? Are you waiting to take it to the grave? Because that's what's going to happen if you're waiting. Well, I'm just waiting to I'm in a better season of life. There is no better season of life because life is unpredictable and you don't know what's around the corner. Oh, I'm just waiting until my finances get in a little bit better position. You don't know. You could be waiting on that and then be like I was in that car accident and feeling like you're on the way to your grave. And then you lost the ability to ever put the gift on the table and create. Oh, I'm just waiting until everything aligns and I have the perfect plan. Huh? No such thing as the perfect plan. It does not exist. So if you're waiting on that, you will be waiting forever. Stop disqualifying yourself and stop worrying about who's in the game. And you just make sure you get your little self in the game because you can straight up. So that being said, you want to introduce the last one, Ashley Faye? Sure. The last fear we have is the fear of success. This is often like people who think they aren't good enough if they reach that level. They can't keep up with it. They're not worthy disappointment, rejection, all of these things that this one's hard because I feel like I was there whenever I very first felt like I should go all in on the tumblers. My very first comeback was, I don't want to be in production because in my, in my mind, I thought if this works, if this business works now, keep in mind, I had quit businesses before you guys, but if this one works, because I feel this one is God given, I'm going to be stuck making tumblers every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> that is what I had in my mind. And so I was terrified of what success looked like. And if I become successful, what does that what does that mean for me? What does that mean for the people who already hate on me, right? Like how bad's it going to get? And so sometimes I get into this mindset of being afraid of success, but I go back to the fact that I am here for a purpose. I'm in this time for a purpose. I'm on this stage right now in this moment because of a purpose. Everything is his divine plan, right? And I've got to go all in. I've got to go all in because I have three baby girls that need to see me succeed, that need to see a mom that works hard, that believes in God, that puts her trust in that, and that knows that she can do this. And so I keep in mind the others, the people watching, the ripple effect that I can create if I succeed. If, if women see a woman like me, a woman that got on live crying with wet hair, a woman that's one of my biggest lives I had a dang hole in my shirt, y'all, um, that raps on stage, that occasionally cusses, I love Jesus, but it happens. If they can see a woman like me that is them do this, I've created a ripple effect. So that fear of success, you guys, that one for me can't be an excuse we constantly are just making excuses and excuses and guess what our brains love that our brains don't want to change our brains want to keep you exactly where you are that's your comfort zone you have got to get out of there that's like the death zone that sounds awful why did 
It's a bad place to be. But we've got, we have got to step out of there. And fear of success, that success, man, that's, that's stepping way out of your comfort zone. And that freaks people out. I totally get that. I, I, yep, 100%. (laughs) But that is where that ripple effect starts. That is where more people start dreaming big. That is when more people start having God-sized dreams. And that is when the world has changed. That is when the impacts are made. So that one, though we get it often, that one can't be an excuse. None of them can be an excuse. But that one especially. (laughs) Big facts. And... If you've been playing small because you're afraid that you can't sustain it, this happens a lot with artists. Happens a lot. I'll, I'll be transparent here. I wrote my first book, and I didn't know what to expect. I, for you, those of you who don't know much about writing books, you can look up these statistics. The average first-time author that's not already famous, that don't have this, like, mega following, sells less than 100 copies of their first book. And... Let's just say in like my first, in my launch, I, I more than 10 X that. <laughs> and it was kind of scary. Cause like, Whoa, what just happened? And that was before I, that was before all of my audience grew and people really knew what I was doing. And I wasn't connected to the people I, like I'm connected to now. So it only has escalated and I've sold all these copies of this book. And that thought of, well, what if I can't match that success? What if I can't keep up? with the demand what if i create a product that's inferior to the previous product and then i lose the momentum and i lose the people and i lose those who support it because i can't sustain the level of success maybe you find yourself in this place where you are allowing like man what if i can't elevate what if what if i maxed out but i don't want to show the people i maxed out so what do you do you just stay stagnant That is the worst thing you can do because what you don't realize is that you are more. You are more. You are stronger. You are greater. There's more inside of you. As long as you're still breathing, that means God ain't done with you yet. Your heart is still beating in your chest. That means God ain't done with you yet. Blood is running through your veins. That means God is not through with you yet because you're still here. So that means there's always another level. But are you willing to take the step and put the gift on the table and stop allowing these fears of more massive success to tear you down and hold you back? I'm saying with everything inside of me, don't fear success. And don't get me wrong, because a person told me like this, I had this conversation this past week. I'm, I am. I'm the person that's afraid of success because this human being, a dear friend, friend of mine, lost people. Multiple people who are really close to them, like actually lost them. They passed from this life. And her fear was, what if I, I'm petrified of losing people. What if I get massive success and everybody that I'm close to now doesn't go on the journey with me? And I straight up told her, they won't. They won't go. Everybody can't go on your journey to the next level. Everybody doesn't have the gear or isn't equipped to go to the next level on the mountain with you. And you have to accept that going in. You have to accept that as you become successful, some people won't be happy for you. Some people will hate, but some people will more feel insecure about their own lives and their ability to take in action, their inability to take action in their own goals and dreams. So they're going to judge you. They're going to cut you off. They're going to talk about you. They're going to say things like, oh, she thinks she this. 
Ashley Faye thinks she's just a boss now. She out here running with some of the top speakers in the world. She thinks she just, yes, they're going to say it. I'm telling you now, don't even let your feelings begin to get hurt because it's going to happen. And I hate it. Trent told me in the beginning, bro, this is going to happen. Your biggest supporters will be people you never met a day in your life. And he told me that, and he was here right. Here we are. Yeah. Hey! Except I met you now. I got to hug your neck, girl. But you're right. And when he told me that, I didn't like it. And I was like, well, that won't be my friends. We all want to think that won't be my people. I was wrong. Some of my closest friends in the world, it's, it's literally been heartbreaking because they feel like, man, you changed. And in reality, I have. I changed not for the worse. I leveled up. But my heart is to take everybody with me. Let's level up together. But everybody's not in the mindset, which is why we have Mindset Monday, to be willing and ready to take the steps. So we want to pour into you. Don't allow that fear to hold you back, man. Go be great because you can. And we got a couple more things that we really want to drop into you before we transition to Nate. But Ashley Faye, man, you hit them with the next point. Yeah, so like how many, can we get some flash mics? I, I guarantee the women on here are going to flash mics. Is that a mic flashes? <laughs> anyway, how many of you guys are overthinkers? Like flash your mic if you overthink all the things all the time. Right? This is me. I totally do oh, this. So. <laughs> I go down a rabbit hole. My husband sometimes has to remind me because he's not an overthinker. Um, and I have to catch myself. So listen, the one thing I use, though, this is by Mel Robbins, the five-second rule. Y'all have, have y'all heard of the five-second rule? Because, like, it literally did transform my life. You do five, four, three, two, one, and you get up and do whatever it is that you are supposed to do. You have to act. That's it. And sometimes we get caught up here. We start overthinking. We start trying to figure out how is this going to work. Let me tell you, the how's not for you to figure out. The how's for God to figure out. But he needs you to move. He needs you to take a step. Because God can't drive a parked car. I had to throw that in there. Every time I can throw that in there, I'm throwing it in there. <laughs> he needs you to move. This shows him your willingness. This shows him that you're saying, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to go after that big, scary dream. So often we put ourselves in this box because of our circumstances. We look around and we think, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm too old. I'm too... Like we have all these limiting beliefs and we look around at our circumstances and we can't do it because we start overthinking. We start getting in that headspace. So I'm telling you to stop looking at your circumstances and start just looking at that vision that you have for yourself. And when something aligns with it, you act. Do five, four, three, two, one, and get up and take whatever kind of step that you possibly can to get it moving. Because an object in motion stays in motion, right? Let me tell you, that first step's the hardest. When I had to get up, up, up off the couch, right? I had to get off my butt and do something. That was hard. <laughs> That was the hardest step I've had to take this entire journey. That was what, three and a half years ago? Going on four? Hardest step I've taken thus far was getting up and taking that very first step. Step, it's scary. I was overthinking things. I had the how in my mind, and I shouldn't have because the how's not for me. I need to know my why. Why am I going to do this? Why is this important? And what I'm going to go toward, what my dream is, what my vision is. And that's it. And then I just start taking the steps because, look, everything is figure outable. There have been a lot of times I have taken a step and I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to do this. 
but I've taken the step and then I've started figuring it out along the way. We get so in this, I think Marcus said it a little bit ago, wanting things to be perfect. And if you wait until they're perfect and everything lines up, you're going to be waiting forever and ever. You don't need things to be perfect. You just need to have a purpose. If you have your purpose, then you move with like this sense of urgency, wanting to accomplish all the things that God has given you in this lifetime, right? I wrote down, I'm reading the, um, oh, the purpose-driven leader, maybe, I don't know, something along those lines. But one question it says is whenever you leave this earth and you get to see God face to face, he says, what did you do with all that I gave you? What did you do with your life, all your gifts, your talents, all the opportunities that I put right in front of you? And I want to be like, man, I used every flipping one of them. (laughs) I want Jesus to say, good job, my faithful servant. Because there are opportunities that are right in front of you, and you're overthinking them. You think that there's this one track to success, that that's the only way you can go. When in reality, God's opening all these doors on all the sides of this, this track you're on, and you're not taking them because you're overthinking. You're thinking you have to know the how, and you don't. So that's my, that's my like challenge for you guys. Write down your vision, write down your dream. And when things align, you say yes to it. You take the opportunities, even if you don't know how, because the how is not yours to figure out. You're going to figure that out along the way. Know your why, know your what, and take the step. Man, I don't even got nothing to add to that because you was on fire, my G. Like, uh, like I was literally sitting here having a whole moment inside of my head, like uh, um, my all my old school gamers. Not this, like, new stuff that feels like you're in the game because it looks so real. Yeah, not that stuff. I'm talking about the two dimensions back in the day, block figures. Yeah, that uh, NBA Jam. But she's heating up. She's on fire. You killed it. And as we transition, getting ready to pass this microphone along to your next incredible rock star who will lead you into the remainder of Monday. I cannot get through this entire segment about having courage without hitting one of the biggest things that holds us all back from living our greatness, from fulfilling our dreams. I've heard this word so much. Goodness gracious. I went to school for psychology. Alexander talks about this a lot. It was not in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. I mean, it's like this uh, big book of all of the diagnoses in mental health. It's like all of them. (laughs) And what's not in there is what we're about to talk about. But it's a thing. And we cannot deny that it's a thing. It is a thing that I hate, though. And that is imposter syndrome. We cannot talk about what's stopping you and holding you back from taking courage, from showing up in spite of fear, from doing it afraid without mentioning imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is literally when you believe that you don't deserve what you have. It's when you believe that you aren't qualified to do the things that you're doing. It's when you look around you and you see the champions that you get to associate with, that you get to work with, that you get to be on stage with, that you get to build things with, and you look around and you feel like one of these is not like the others. And I'm not enough. And I'm not good enough. And I don't have what it takes. And why, And they're going to find me out. And they're going to figure out. They're going to they're gonna see that I'm not really qualified. And they're going to want refunds. And they're not going to want to pay me. And they're going to be angry. And they're going to leave negative reviews. And all the things... Because you feel like an imposter. 
I feel this one so deeply, though, and I hate it because you don't realize how beautiful you are. I had this moment, <laughs> and I was sitting at the table in Ashley Faye's house, and her girls were having breakfast, and we were talking about poetry, which was a really cool moment. They were reciting poems for me. So I was like, I only know one poem, and it's one that I wrote, but I decided to share it with them. And this speaks to my heart about imposter syndrome. And I'll share a piece of it with you. I won't share it all, but I'll share a little bit. Those of you who didn't know I was a poet, here you are. I used to write poetry all the time, but I stopped. But I'm going to start back. That's something that I'm taking action on. You're going to see. You're going to start seeing me do all these spoken words. But this one is called You. And this will be how I feel about imposter syndrome. <laughs> so you, there aren't enough words in the human vernacular to adequately express the magnificence of you. See, the day that you were born, you entered this world you, you could search the highest mountains, scour the lowest valleys through and through, yet and still you will never find another you. Your greatness is unparalleled. God himself marvels at the beauty that is you. But if these words I speak are true, why do you struggle so much to see the beauty that I do? I believe I know why this is the case. See, you expressed your uniqueness one day in a place that you felt was safe, only to learn a difficult lesson on that day. That when you become true to yourself and express your uniqueness and who you truly are, someone, somewhere, would always have something to say. And when people ridicule, mock, envy, and belittle, then what do you do? I'll tell you, my friend. You become a little less you. So I asked the question within this poem, at what point does all the madness stop? And I said, I'll tell you, my friend, it's when you realize that just at the core and essence of who you truly are, you are the cream of the crop. So no more self-limiting beliefs. No more discounting yourself. No more playing small. No more thumbing through social media, comparing yourself to everybody else's highlight reels. No more looking at how they're better, how they're stronger, how they're prettier, how they're more qualified. Stop doing that to yourself. You are not an imposter because you are one of one. There's only one you. So I say, in this life, choose love. You get to choose that. Choose life. You get to show up every day. And choose happy. That's a choice that you can make in all that you do. And remember that in the entire universe. You know how big a universe is? If you don't, I dare you to Google it. And remember that in the entire universe, in all its vastness, there's only one you. And I want that to be more than just a pretty moment or something that you didn't know I could do. I want you to let those words sink not only into your ears, but down to your heart as you realize that there's not another you. So it's impossible for you to be an imposter in something that you're passionate about and you're gifted in. Are you the most gifted in the world? Maybe not. You don't got to be the most gifted in the world to love what you do. And to give freely of that love to inspire and encourage somebody else. That's the opposite of an imposter. That's being authentic. You don't think you're an imposter. You fear others will think you will. But they won't. 
as long as you walk in your true essence. So carry that with you and believe deeply and stop allowing the fear of not being enough in this dumb word, imposter syndrome, to hold you back from your greatness. Ashley Faye, what you got to say? Well, that was a perfect ending, so I don't want to say too much, but listen, you guys, so we are making things harder on ourselves than they have to be because courage is inside of us. It's your birthright. You were commanded to be strong and courageous. You've got it in you. It doesn't mean that you don't have fear. It doesn't mean that you're not afraid, but we have the courage too, and fear is terrified when it has to face courage, right? Courage will, will win every time. We've just got to take the steps. We've just got to step out there and start to create that ripple effect. And once you do one step, once you step out of the comfort zone, it gets a little easier every single time. To start seeing that you're, you're willing and you're going to take these opportunities and you're going to accept those challenges. And sometimes you're going to embrace the suck along the way because you're going you're gonna to fall a little bit. But you could be one decision away from a completely different life if you're willing to take the risk, if you're willing to push past the fear, to step out of your comfort zone, rely on the confidence, rely on the courage. Marcus, what's your pastor's name? I can't remember. Michael? Mikey T. Michael Todd. Y'all, he has got this thing. I I was listening to it and reading it the other day because it it was so interesting to me. And I know we don't have time. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm going to do it really fast. Okay. But he talks about... When he tells the 12 disciples to get into the boat and and sail across the lake. I keep saying drive every time I tell this story. You don't drive a boat. You sail it, right? (laughs) Row across the lake, right? And a storm came. One, Jesus knew the storm was coming. And we mentioned that earlier. Maybe sometimes the storm, the mess, the failure that you're in is actually God-given. And God sent to you for a reason. But two, we, we talk about when Peter when they see him and they get afraid because it's something new, right? Anyone would. But then Peter says, if it is you, let me come to you. And he says, well, come to me. So Peter steps out of the boat. He gets his feet wet. That's a big saying in our house. He steps out of the boat on faith and the others do something more logical and stay in the safe boat, the reasonable thing to do, right? And so, yes, Peter does fall eventually because he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And that's the part that we, we kind of tend to stick to, that taking your eyes off of Jesus and, and he falls. But he picks him up, right, and he doesn't drown because Peter knows Jesus isn't going to let him fall. And when God says get out of the boat, you should get out of the boat. He's not going to let you fall. So I ask you this, you guys. It was so cute. I was telling my kids this, and my kids both were like, Mom, you're a Peter. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Are you going to be one of the 11 that stayed in that safe, secure, reasonable, logical boat? Or are you going to be Peter and step out on faith and step out on trust? Because you know he's not going to let you drown. There could have been 12 miracles that night, but there was only one. Because Peter got out of the boat. So y'all get your feet wet. He's not going to let you fall. If it is from him and it is for him, he's got you. That's all. Yo. (laughs) Yo. Yo, you're on fire, my G. I, I appreciate that. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for rocking with Team Embrace Your Ambition. That is me, Marcus Black, also known as M. Black. That's also the lovely Ashley Faye, who's out here breaking bread, dropping bombs, spitting fire into your heart and your soul to help you get your feet wet. What does that mean? Take action, guys, because what do we know? Here's what we know, what we've learned, and we are experts 
at taking ideas and turning them into action. We take ideas and we make things happen, both of us. I was doing that before I met her. She was doing that before she met me. Now we're doing that together. And now we're taking a group of people who are bold enough and brave enough and courageous enough, not fearless, because we ain't fearless. We're just courageous. We do it afraid. We show up and we do it afraid. And we want the people who are ready to take action in their life who got these big ideas, God ideas, the ones where people make you feel crazy, the ones where people make you feel like you're not enough, the ones where maybe people make you feel like, man, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can. Maybe I think I can, but I don't have the right support system. We're building that community. And if you want details about that, you can literally, Nate, pin the link for us. Thank you, Nate. Shout out to you. We love and appreciate you. The link at the top of the room gets you the details on that program. If you, get, if you go and you sign up for it and you see it and you got questions, don't let that stop you. DM us. We start tonight. If this teaching style resonated with you, if you feel inspired, I want to cry. If you feel encouraged, if you feel uplifted, if you feel edified and you're ready to get out the boat, then hit the link. Tap in with us and give us four months to change your life. You know why? <laughs> if you didn't, I'm going to tell you anyway. Because you can straight up man we love y'all that's our time thank you hit the link let me uh save this clip christy jensen while i do that give us a reset all right oh my goodness marcus and ashley well done thou good and faithful servant wow that was freaking awesome so anyways here we are you guys are in the breakfast with champions the millionaire breakfast club we're here every morning to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration. If you guys didn't feel the motivation right there, uh, I don't know what to tell you. So in our main club that we run Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, and then we do 6 to 10 a.m. every Saturday. And Club 11, our worship service on Sundays. We also um, have an incredible social media show. Hello, we're in it right now from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and we have pop-up rooms throughout the afternoon and we'd love to connect with you guys also did you know that we have a podcast if you ever miss a moment like this on breakfast with champions or if you want to share this experience with a friend just go to breakfastwithchampions.live click the top link and subscribe and share the podcast because you guys don't want to miss moments like this you can also hit the replay in one of our um just go to our Marcus and Ashley's uh, profile on here, and you guys can hit the replay when we're done. So that's awesome, too. Love you guys. Back to you, Nate. Let's go crush it. Thank you, Christy Jensen, and thank you, Marcus Black and Ashley Brandstetter. Guys, if you missed any of that last hour, as some of you know, that we have replays on. I highly encourage you to come back. Find the replay on Marcus's profile, on Ashley's profile, my profile, who, whoever you see on stage, the first profile you click on later when you're, when you're about to go to bed tonight or whenever you get a chance to go back and listen to that segment. Marcus and Ashley with Team Embrace Your Ambition dropped, you know, uh, they answered the question of, you know, who needs you to have courage to achieve your goals? They an answered the question of what are the secrets of having a, a courageous impact in your life and in your business? And they answered the question, you know, how do you get past your fears? How do you just get past those obstacles, those blocks? And they dropped, you know, several, they just dropped several nuggets. And I wanted to highlight it because it was so good. But 
you know, they, they've been going through their Unleashing Hope Challenge, which is a big part of their challenge is helping people gain that courage. And while we might not be able to eliminate the fear, while we might not be able to completely get rid of it, you know, we can we can take action. And a lot of what Marcus and Ashley do is they teach you the actionable steps that you can take. Um, because if you just start taking action, you will eliminate some of those fears. You might not ever eliminate all of them, but you will get past those blocks. You will create more courage. You will become more courageous. You will become a bold leader. And they helped us answer the questions that we have in our heads that hold us back. You know, the questions like, what do other people think of me? You know, what if I fail? What if I just can't do this? Um, what if the market is saturated and, you know, there's too many social media marketers? Why, why does the market need me? Or there's too many people on Clubhouse. Why do they need to hear my voice? So what if that market is saturated? There's too many people teaching how to lose weight. So they answered these questions. They talked about, you know, the, the, the fear of having success. Some of you just aren't ready or you think. I shouldn't say some of you aren't ready. That's a, that's a, that's a lie. Some of us may think we're not ready for a certain level of success. And they talked about this. So thank you, Marcus and Ashley. Guys, my name is Nate Forrest. I'm a, I'm a marketing strategist for, for network marketers, home business entrepreneurs, and small business entrepreneurs. I help people create new strategies, find gaps in their business plan, find gaps in their marketing strategy so that they can create more leads, so that they can create higher quality leads, so that they can sell more stuff, so that they can get more results in their business. And I come here each weekday and hang out with you guys on the, in the social media show here with Breakfast with Champions. And we, uh, what we try to do here, what we hope, hope we can do is serve you and give you a nugget, give you some tips, give you some ideas to help you gain clarity on the steps that you can take to move your business forward. And today, um, I'm going to be talking about what does it mean to have a servant's heart. I'm going to be talking about who you can serve. I'm going to be talking about the difference between being a servant versus being a, a Mr. WeFM. W-I-I-F-M. Are you a what's in it for me person? Or are you a servant looking to see what you can do for other people? In a minute, I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to go through the seven attitudes of a servant that I learned in a message I recently watched uh, from a pastor named Marcus Meckham. The first time I'd ever uh, uh, seen him speak and uh, found a video. He's with the Seven Hills Church in, the, in Kentucky. And he talked about the seven attitudes of a servant. And I'm not going to preach today, but I'm going to take some principles that I've learned from the Bible that can help us understand what it means to be a servant. Because I learned from a marketing mentor years ago, a guy named Joe Schroeder. He, he said loudly, what you give away, you get to keep. And ever since I heard that for the first time, I've never forgot it. I've heard Alexander Gonzalez talk about this. What you give away, you get to keep. Meaning, if you give away a dollar, there's principles in place where you 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 may you may receive ten dollars. You know, there's if you give away ten hours of your time um, for certain causes, for the right causes, you'll gain more time back in the future. What you give away, if you give away your gifts, your energy, what you give away, if you give away love, if that's something you want more of in your life, well, give love. Pay compliments. Be genuine. Be kind. We had National Kind Day, or it might have been World Kindness Day a few days ago. And so uh, we focused on being kind. And so what you give away, whether it's your energy, your gifts, your money, your time, you get to keep. Meaning, just like the law of gravity, 
even though we don't give and we don't serve just so we can get, because if you do that, you come from an unauthentic place and it's just not, it's not going to work out the same way, the right way. But, but it's a law of gravity. If I throw this football up in the air, it's going to fall down. And if you give, you're just going to get, you're going to get more of what you want. You're going to, you're going to bear fruit in your life. And so Joshua 24, 15, I'm sitting here looking, I was reading, I have this picture on my house and Joshua 24, 15 says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Well, as Christians, and I'm not going to go deep in this today, but as Christians, we ask ourselves, whom will we serve? Do we serve God or do we serve ourselves? Because as a Christian, we're called to forsake, you know, anything false and turn towards Jesus and his calling towards us in our lives. So today, my prayer is that, that the words that come out of my mouth will just kind of give you clarity on who you can serve in your marketplace. And mate, we can use, we can use God or who you look to as, as your higher calling. I don't want to alienate anybody. If, if you look to the, the, the universe, and even though I believe that, that there's one God of the universe and that he designed us all in his image, whatever you look to for your, for your answers right now, I want you to use that as a guideline to ask yourself, who will you serve? And when we talk about being a, we hear this all the time, show up and serve. And I'm talking about this now because I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I talked about who do you see? Who do you, who do you look up to? Who are you, who is your, who is, who, what people are your goalposts, are your mark for your life and your business? And when I gave some examples of people that I looked up to, and last week we talked about um, showing up and the importance of showing up. We talked about where do you show up? When do you show up? Why do you show up? How do you show up? We talked about the importance of showing up with energy, with enthusiasm, with love, with a caring heart. And so today we're talking about the importance of being a servant-hearted leader. The reason why I'm talking about this, I go through this in my private mastermind and uh, it's called the Social Media Sales Mastermind over on Facebook. And I just have a simple guideline that I actually added to a couple of weeks. It used to be show up, serve, so you can sell. You want to make money building a business? You show up, you serve your audience, and then you can sell versus just trying to sell from the get-go. And I added something to this uh, a couple of weeks ago because I was encouraged by some things I had heard and seen. And so now my th th this simple blueprint is C, show up, serve, so you can sell. Who do you see? Who are you paying attention to? That's who you see. And then you need to start showing up. And we talked about this last week. And then when you're, as you show up, you have to decide how you're going to serve your people. Are you, you know, and then you just, you decide where to show up. You know, obviously it could be your own clubhouse. It can be on a podcast. It can be in a live video. We could do a whole segment on that. But as we show up, it's important to determine how we're going to serve. Are we going to serve with a joyful heart? Are we going to serve with others in mind? And I've got several notes. My, my, I'm a little bit nervous today because I have, I have so many notes and so many things I want to cover. Um, I'm a little bit nervous that, that I get through this in an organized fashion. And, but we're going to break this down into two weeks. And today we're going to go into, I, I really want you to ask your question, ask yourself a question who you will serve. We hear this over and over. What is our target avatar? What is, what is our target market? It's called the who. And if you can answer this question, then the rest will 
not just completely take care of itself, but the rest of what you do in business will, will flow easier if you know exactly who you are serving. Are you serving uh, network marketers or are you serving seven-figure entrepreneurs? Are you serving a stay-at-home mom or are you serving a you know, middle-income income professional male? Are you serving somebody who wants to lose weight or are you serving somebody that wants to gain muscle? Are you serving? Sometimes we just think, well, my, Nate, my thing will work for everybody. But it's important that you really identify who you serve because then you're still going to, if you serve, you know, stay-at-home moms that want to lose weight, you know, you're still going to pick up a few dudes that, that want to lose weight and build muscle. So this isn't a, a lesson on, on your target avatar, but it gives you an idea of asking yourself when you think of being a servant, it, who you will serve, it, you start to answer the who. And so today we're going to talk about the who. I'm going to I'm going to break down seven attitudes of a servant heart so that we can lay a foundation for serving our audience. And then next week we're going to talk about how we serve. We're going to go into some examples and maybe bring in a few people and talk about how to serve. So, but we can't really talk about the how. You can't go do YouTube videos and show up and do a clubhouse room when you don't know who you're serving. And at the social media show, we serve small business owners uh, network marketers, internet marketers, individuals just looking to make something happen online using social media. We're here to serve you, to give you tips and tricks and strategies, to show you things that you can do to, to, to get more results. And so, yes, we do have different, we have six-figure earners here listening. We have seven-figure earners. We have people that are stuck at zero. They still have a full-time job, and they're just trying to figure out a way to start an online business. So, yeah, we do have a broad audience with a show like this, but each one of us on stage has a specific audience that we cater to. I work mostly with network marketers, people that are trying to figure out how to how to build a home-based business, how to actually get more results. They're stuck at $300 a month or, or, or $800 a month, or maybe they're stuck at $3,000 a month. I help them increase those results. And I, I scaled into working with small business owners that are looking to build an online presence, to generate leads, to change their marketing strategy to shift. So before I get into some notes that I put down, my friend Kevin Mullins actually shared something with me yesterday, and I didn't get around to reading it until this morning. He shares some, uh, some, some, some different ideas and thoughts with me most days, and I really enjoy them. Kevin, if you're listening to the replay, I appreciate it. But yesterday, he sent me a little clip talking about the me monster. And I, in a minute, I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to share a little clip from a comedian. I've got it queued up on my laptop here, and I hope the sound comes through good because it's it's a little bit funnier if you're watching the video. So so text me. Um, you can text me. Uh, 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 well, his name is Brian Regan. You can just text me uh, comedy, and I'll send you the link to the video later if you want to watch the video because he has some funny mannerisms. But the reason why I'm going to share this is Kevin sent me a message yesterday morning that says, in order to make a significant impact and have people join you on your journey, you need to be a laborious listener. Listen to truly hear their needs and present your opportunity as a solution. Don't just talk and ramble and be a me monster. No one cares how many trophies you've won or how much you've accomplished or even how much you know until they see that you care enough to truly help them. So remember, don't be a me monster. 
And so today I want you to think about the things that you do. Are you doing them just to serve yourself? Now, don't get me wrong. We're in business. We need to make money. We need to get results. We need to feed our families. We need to, you know, we need to, um, in a lot of areas of our life, we need to focus on ourselves first, especially when it comes to health and family and our relationship with God. But when it comes to business, to really get results, we really need to lean into what our audience wants and needs. You know, I've said this definition a million times. I'll say it again. The marketing is the art and science of, of uh, understanding, paying attention to. It's the art and science of communicating to our target audience based on their needs, wants, and desires and not our own. And so today, as I talk about having a servant's heart, we become better servant leaders and we serve by, first of all, paying attention to the needs of our audience, the who versus our own. So with that, with that clip that Kevin shared me, he shared with me a little short four-minute, uh, really funny video. It's called Walk, Walked on the Moon by Brian Regan. I'm going to play this for you. I hope the sound comes through good. If not, you know what? We'll just won't do it again. But I'm going to play this four-minute clip. Hope you get a little laugh. It's basically just talking about the me, me, me people in the room when you're at a party and the stories that they tell. So I give you a little context. But uh, I'm going to play this. I hope you enjoy it. And like I said, if this doesn't work out, I don't have my little uh, Bluetooth speaker with me. I left it in Las Vegas. But I got a pretty good speaker on my laptop. So enjoy Brian Regan talking about the me monsters. Actually kind of quiet off stage. A lot of people don't realize that. I was at a dinner party recently. A bunch of people that I don't know. One guy talking plenty for everybody. Me, me, myself, right? And then I, and then myself, right? Me, me. I couldn't tell this one about I because I was talking to myself, and then me, 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 Beware the me tried to jump in with a little story. I don't want to just sit there the whole night. Right when I'm done with my story, this guy goes, that ain't nothing. <laughs> Didn't mean to waste everybody's time. Telling my nothing story. Here, let Marco Polo speak. He's back with tales of adventure. Maybe it wasn't, because I made the mistake of trying to tell a story about having only two wisdom teeth pulled, and I learned a lesson. Don't ever try to tell a two wisdom tooth story, because you ain't going nowhere. Before wisdom teeth, people are going to parachute in and cut you off at the pass. Talk, talk with your two wisdom tooth tail. You will never complete one, trust me. I'm trying to tell my story. You know, I had some wisdom teeth pulled. I had, um... I had two, I had four pulled. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, five, no, nine. I had nine wisdom teeth pulled. All of mine were impacted. They were all coming upside down. The roots wrapped around my tongue, coming out my nose. They were tusks. I was a warthog. No anesthesia. They pulled them out with pliers. I was eating corn in the cob that afternoon. the blue ribbon upon his chest. That knocks the socks off of my wisdom tooth tail. Why do people need to top other people? I've never understood it, and I see it all the time. Obviously, people get something out of it. At best, people wait for your lips to stop. Yeah, as soon as... Okay, 
Yeah, you me. You me. You see the difference? You see, you see that? What is it about the human condition people get sometimes? That's why I have a social fantasy. I wish I was one of the 12 astronauts who have been on our moon. They must love knowing they can be anybody's story whenever they want. They can sit back quietly at a dinner party while some other person, some me monster, is doing his thing and let him go. Let him run with the line while you be quiet. <laughs> Let him have his moment. Yeah, I'm a big traveler. I have my business laws. I got a moment for a little enterprise. I got to check. You know, I'm driving to the Audubon because I keep a fleet of sports cars over in Zurich. And I got to see Mr. Cowboy. I'm going to check it. Mount Kilimanjaro. So then you might have to cancel that. You know, the runway is an astronaut. I'll show it the first time you go out there. You know, you're going to get the Pacific Rim coming. I'm going to try to take that over. And anyway, there's going to be a global enterprise. driving on the Autobahn that reminded me once I was driving in the sea of tranquility in my lunar rover and I too was worried about our speed till I remembered wait we're the only ones on the moon you guys are great thank you very much all right, guys. I hope that sounded good. How did that sound? Christy, Tosh, how did that sound? It was good. We can hear it. Good, good, good. Ready if you want that clip, it's called, it's Brian Regan, or, or it might be Regan. It's R-E-G-A-N. It's called Walked on the Moon. And he's yeah. just, it's just a funny, funny video where he's talking. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.